Romans chapter number 5 tonight, Romans chapter number 5, and I look forward to getting into the Bible study tonight. I believe it will be a help to us and a reminder of some important things, some wonderful things that we can hold to and take comfort in, and do keep praying for all the progress, determined to be faithful, and it's nice to see the front row a little bit closer to the altar. And uh, so that was uh, by design. And it's nice to see some people on the front row close to the altar tonight, but uh, that's a whole other story. Romans chapter number 5. Uh, tonight, uh, I'll go ahead and give you the title of my Bible study. We'll go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll look at our text in Romans chapter number 5. Uh, but tonight, uh, the Bible study, I've given the title of More Than Enough. More Than Enough. And let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we thank you for... Uh, the opportunity to be in church. We thank you that uh, you are a God that's more than enough. Uh, your love is more than enough. Your grace is more than enough. Your care is more than enough. Uh, Father, I pray that the Bible study will help us tonight. Uh, no matter what we're dealing with uh, today or what we may uh, face in the future, uh, may we be reminded of some things uh, to hold to this evening. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to read the text, Romans chapter number 5. And I'll begin reading in verse number 17. I'm going to go ahead and let you know uh, that at, besides the text, uh, we are going to look at uh, probably seven other passages uh, of Scripture. And they're all going to be in the New Testament. And so you can be ready for that. Uh, I'll give you uh, instructions when that time comes. But we're going to first be Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse number 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. The Bible's talking about Adam. Adam's sin, and so because of Adam's sin, uh, death was passed down to all men. Uh, you and I know, but just as a quick reminder, nobody had to teach us how to sin. Uh, those babies in the nursery, um, nobody had to teach them how to sin if they needed it. Their parents were very adept at that, but that's a whole other story. But uh, no, and because of that, the consequence of sin was passed down to all of us. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's, it's, the verse starts out uh, reminding us of the, the bad situation we're in because of the sin of one. Death's passed to us. But we're reminded because of the gift of one, because of the sacrifice of one, we have righteousness. And notice those words right in the middle of the verse, much more. What Christ did is much more than what Adam did. Okay, verse number 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men under justification of life. The free gift of the Lord Jesus Christ was much more. Hey, it's bad news. We're human, we're flesh, we're born into sin. And because of that, we're born into the consequence of sin. Man is going to die. And there's a spiritual death as well. But because of the gift of one, the Lord Jesus Christ, we have justification. Verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. <clears throat> but where sin abounded, grace did much more 
abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 17 reminds us of the bleak picture. Verse 18 and verse 19 expounds on it because of the actions of one. What did we have? A sin nature. The consequences of sin. But right there in the middle of verse 17, much more they which receive abundance of grace. Receive abundance of grace. I preached on this Sunday morning, so I'll not preach it again, but I will mention it. Uh, We are recipients of the grace of God, the fact that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. Are you saved tonight? Well, then you're a recipient of God's grace. You couldn't buy that. You couldn't earn it. You couldn't rob somebody else and take theirs. We are a recipient of the grace of God. Much more than the act of Adam was a sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we see those two words again in verse number 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Our sin is, before our salvation, certainly was a burden that would take us to a devil's hell. After salvation, our sin is something that can... Uh, easily beset us. It can, it can get us out of fellowship with God. It does get us out of fellowship with God. But what we've got to remind it when it comes to our salvation, grace is much more than our sin. We ought to be thankful for that. We ought to rejoice in that. And I want us, by way of introduction, and then we're going to take a slight turn, by way of introduction to be reminded that what God has is much greater than what we are. The grace of God is much more than your sin. You just think about the sins in this room. We're all sinners. Uh, We we, we know that. We're all sinners. And and our sin was enough to send us to a devil's hell. Uh, That is not the will of God, but because of our sin nature. Because of what Adam did. It's passed down to us. But what Christ did is much more than that. That's why we, we can rejoice in our salvation. It doesn't matter what you did before you were saved. The grace of God is much more than that. Much more. Well, Pastor, you, you, there are people in this society, they have done some horrible things. And maybe you're here tonight and you say, you don't understand what I've done. I've, I, I, don't, I don't need to even know what you've done. I don't need to understand what you've done because I know what Christ has done. And my Bible tells me it is much more. It is more than enough. More than enough. More than enough to save us. What is it? It's the grace of God that is bestowed upon us. Grace did much more about How much grace does God have? Can, when, when is he going to run out of grace? When is, the, when is there going to be a person who realizes they're a sinner and calls on the name of the Lord, puts their faith and trust in Jesus, and God says, I'm out of grace? It's never going to happen because there's much more. Friend, when you got saved, you didn't break the bank. When you got saved, you, you, you didn't lower the water level of grace. Uh, not one bit because there's much more. When it comes to our God and His grace, it is more than enough. There's enough grace to cover sin. There's enough grace to grant salvation. 
Now, with that in mind, I want to, uh, us to, to look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Uh, we're still in the introduction, just, just letting you know that. This doesn't count as a point. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 9 and verse number 8. But God is able to make all grace abound towards you. We often use this passage of Scripture, and it certainly applies with verse 6 and 7. You sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. You sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. But number 8 is an important principle for us to tie together with Romans chapter 5. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. If the grace of God is much more than your sin and my sin, and it is. Uh, God wants us as a Christian, as a child of His, to abound in that grace. And we see here in verse number 8, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Let me make a simple statement, and you may not, be able, you may not correlate it, but, but think it through. No matter how deep the hole is that you're in, God's got a ladder tall enough to reach down to you. No matter how heavy your burden is, God's grace, God's grace, God's grace. Now, there are principles in this passage of Scripture. You sow a little, you're going to reap a little. But God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Just like when you call on the name of the Lord, His grace was much more than your sin. Much more. God wants us... To abound. God is such a great God that He would save us. If that's all He ever did for us, we, are, we, 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 sh- we should have all night praise meeting. We should just be rejoicing every day. It doesn't matter what else we deal with. That if that's all He ever did for us, He saved us. His grace was much more than our sin. His grace was more than our sin debt. If He didn't do a thing above that, we got to rejoice and praise God. But God is such a good God that He'll not only save us from hell, He wants us to abound in this life. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Now, if God will make grace abound towards us, we ought to abound in our life. There is no reason for a child of God to not live an abundant life. I know what some of you think. Well, Pastor, if you knew what I have to deal with, I don't. I might know what you have to deal with. I may not know what you have to deal with. But let's keep in mind who we're talking about. If God's grace was much more than your sin, God's grace can abound. He can make that abound towards you to, to help you in whatever area of life that you need help in. But it's that abundant grace, the abundant grace, it's the grace that that we're saved by. It's by His grace that we live an abundant life. Are you with me tonight? Let's turn over to John chapter number 10. John chapter number 10. And I'll read verse number 10. Now, bear in mind, the grace of God is much more. Much more. He can make His grace abound to us. He wants us to live 
Let's look at verse number 10 of John 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. God wants us to have an abundant life. And that's, that's the first point I want to make to you tonight. An abundant life. We have more than just living. Too many Christians are just living their life. That's not, that's not how Christ wants us to live our life. He wants us to live an abundant life. That word abundant means to have or possess great quantity, to be in great plenty. So when we talk about abundant grace, it means just great quantity. Uh, I, I was reading the, uh, recently, uh, and I don't know how they measure these things, but a scientific uh, study somehow um, came up with this conclusion that the sun that actually comes to the earth is about four billionth of the actual heat and light that the sun produces. Think about that. Now, you go outside on a warm Florida day, you can get burnt. Think about, that's, if that's true, that's, that's only four billionth of what the sun produces. So what the earth, the point I'm making is, is what the earth uses is, is really minuscule compared to what the sun produces. If our God can make the sun, and He did, and He can warm the earth with four billionth of its heat and its light, our God is an abundant God. He is a God that has or possesses great quantity. He is a powerful God, but aren't you glad He's got a lot of power? He's got a lot of grace. But God wants us to live an abundant life. We have more, there's more than enough grace for you to live an abundant life. So whatever it is that weighs you down, there's more than enough grace for you to live an abundant life. What's an abundant life? The Christians ought to have joy. You ought to have joy. Simply put, is happiness is external, joy is internal. You can have an abundant life. You can have joy. You can have peace. Peace of your own salvation. Peace of knowing that the God who put all the stars in place and calls them by name. The scripture tells us that he doesn't think about the stars. He thinks about us. There's more than enough grace for you to live an abundant life. I have to hasten. Romans chapter number 15. Romans chapter number 15. In verse number 13, Romans 15, verse 13. Now the God of, what's that next word? Hope. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in, what's that word? Hope, through the power of the Holy Ghost. See that word again, abound? Abound, we know what it means, to have or possess great quantity, to be in great plenty. Uh, there's more than enough grace for you and I to have abundant hope. The greatest thing that a Christian has is hope. That blessed hope. Uh, that, that, that hope 
That it's not a wish. It's not a, I hope it comes true. It is the blessed hope of what God has done for you and I. And one day, by, by faith, we are living so that one day we're going to have that. We're going to see that. But there's more than enough grace for you and I to live in abundant hope. Too many Christians are pessimistic. So that's my personality. Well, overcome your personality with the reality that there's more. If it was depending on you and it was depending on me, then I would be very pessimistic. But don't we say this to one another? Well, the God of the Old Testament is our God. Well, then why are we worried? We ought to have abundant hope. But notice what the Bible says. It says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope. How? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. How is it? I preached on it Sunday night. How is it that we live in abundant hope? It's only through the power of the Holy Ghost. It's full dependence on Him. It's His leadership. I believe a lot of Christians lose their hope. They look more pessimistic that God isn't going to come through. And I think a lot of times it's because they don't have the right relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. We must through the power. Hope is enough. Hope is enough. You can have abundant hope to fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You know, a lot of Christians just need to practice saying two or three times a day, I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. Well, this world says, well, I believe God. Well, so-and-so says, I believe God. I believe God. And we're not talking about the God that, that you think because you had a dream one night and he told, no, I'm talking about the God of the Bible, the God of the Scripture. I believe God. But there's enough grace to have abundant hope. I don't know if I'm naturally an optimistic person, but I'm pretty optimistic. But, but I believe that a lot of that comes from, I do believe God. I, I, I do. I want to live with joy because I, I, can have, I can have hope. I can have, and isn't that as Christians what we're supposed to be spreading? S- spreading hope? Philippians 1.9. See how fast we're moving. Y'all proud of me. Philippians chapter number 1, verse 9. I've got to go quickly. My wife's been out of town. I've got to go home and clean the house. So <laughs> Philippians chapter number 1, <clears throat> verse number 9. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. And verse 9. In this I pray that your love may abound, <clears throat> yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment that ye may prove, may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. There's enough grace for us to have abundant love. We ought to love our families, shouldn't we? But there ought to be enough love to love other Christians. There ought to be enough love to even love the unsaved. I don't have that much love. Well, there's enough grace. God's grace is abundant enough 
for us to abound in love. Uh, notice what verse 10 says, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere, and notice the next two words, without offense. The truth of the matter is we do offend one another. The truth of the matter is we shouldn't offend one another. Now, let me just say this. Some Christians walk into a building with a chip on their shoulder and they knock it off themselves. I'll remind all of us that great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. I'm going to teach soon on, on 1 Corinthians 13, the, the chapter on charity and love, and uh, that's going to help us a lot, but there should be enough love for us to love one another without offense. How in the world, how are we supposed to live without offense to the day of Christ? Not offend anyone. Live our life in such a way where it's not offensive. It's not a stumbling block. But we, the only way to do that is have abundant love. Now, let me just say what you're all thinking. Some people are unlovable in our mind. But are we to love like Christ loved? There is no one that was unlovable in the mind of Christ. Oh, they're just unlovable. Oh, they... Uh, no, sometimes we have this, this, this false sense of what love is because I want to love so that I, I feel loved back. That's really not the love of Christ. The love of Christ says, I'll go to the cross of Calvary and I'll bear the sins of even those that would never love me back, that will curse me that would actually nail me to a cross. That's love. How in the world, and how are we to, to live without offense? We have to have love that abounds. Well, how do we do that? It goes back to the love of Christ was much more. Grace, he can have grace abound to you and I. We cannot love like that without the grace of God. We cannot love the unlovable without the grace of God. That's why a, a church, and, and, and this church is certainly not an example of this, a church that says there are certain parts of society that we don't love enough to go give the gospel, they're not a spiritual church. Because the love of Christ reaches to the unlovable reaches to those that do not love back. But we're to abound in love to the point where we're not an offense. How do we do that? It's the grace of God. So, Pastor, I can't do that. The grace of God would abound toward us. To the, there's more than enough grace for you and I. Truth of the matter is, we, most, a lot of Christians, I shouldn't say most, a lot of Christians, we receive salvation by the grace of God. But then we don't, grow in our Christian life by the grace of God. We don't become Christ-like. How are we going to do that? Only by the grace of God and living in His grace. But there's to be an abundant love. There's enough love. Let me just touch on this before I move on. Is there somebody you could never forgive? Never forgive. Well, there shouldn't be. 
And I know what I'm saying. Well, Pastor, if you knew what these if somebody did to me, I could. There, there's there's certain situations that I, I couldn't even imagine. But I know what it's like to be betrayed. I know what it's like to be hurt. How do you get over that? I have one explanation, and it sounds just like church speech. The grace of God. The grace of God can abound to the... It, there's enough that it can soften your heart, it can soften my heart, so that we can have enough love to forgive the unforgivable. But the abundant love... Same chapter, Philippians 1, verse 26. That your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. We see here that it, we can have abundant rejoicing. We should have abundant rejoicing. I remind you what that word abound means, to have or possess great quantity. To be in great uh, plenty, have, a, have much, that's how much a Christian should rejoice in God. See, the fact of the matter is, many times we're guilty of focusing on our needs, on our burdens, on our disappointments, on our own faults, when we should be focusing on the grace of God, which was much more than our sin to save us. It can abound to us. We're all living better than we deserve. We've all got more than we deserve. We're not even worthy to gather together like we have and sing the songs we sang tonight. We're not even worthy to speak the name of Christ. But yet His grace was much more to save us than our own sin. And His grace can abound, abounds to us so that we can, by, His, by the grace of God, we can have abundant rejoicing. How's your praise life? How, how, when's the last time you said, thank you, Lord? It's a good habit to get into. Thank you. We, we take little things for granted. Little things. Uh, thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, well, how are we praising? Well, i just looking at things, and, and Pastor, you don't understand. Oh, no, we all have burdens. We all have needs. But in the midst of that, we can have enough grace. How is it that people we know that go, we, we see it through the years. They go through great trial, and they don't lose the right spirit. It's the grace of God. How is it that you're going to praise Him when... The devil wants to park on your shoulder and tell you there's nothing to praise him for. It's the, it's the grace of God. How much should a Christian rejoice abundantly? Now, I, you can't measure abundantly because it just means to have or possess great quantity. But I would dare say abundantly would probably be more than we complain. I think it'd be safe for all of us to say our rejoicing should be more than our whines, than our complaints. How is it 
that even in the midst of difficulty, we can rejoice in the goodness of God, only by the grace of God, which can abound to us. 1 Corinthians 15. I've got three more. 1 Corinthians number 15. Verse 58, familiar verse of scripture. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. That's a pretty good verse so far already. Be steadfast and unmovable. Always abounding. There's that word abounding again. In the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There's enough grace for you and I to abound in the work of the Lord. Well, Pastor, the circumstances just aren't ideal in my life right now. Well, there's enough grace of God. You, you, you really want to make that argument? Do we really want to make that argument when we're having our pity party? That the grace of God was much more than our sin, but it's not enough? That we might abound in His work in the midst of our circumstances? The work of the Lord is work received from the Lord, work done in the Lord, and work done to the Lord. I just confused a bunch of you with that statement right there. But it's not the work of the Lord if we don't receive it from Him. We receive the work of the Lord from His instructions. We serve for the church, obviously. The work of the Lord is work received from the Lord, work done in the Lord. If we do it in the flesh, then how can it be... The work of the Lord. It's got to be done, received from Him, work done in Him and His strength and His might, and work done to Him. That's why we, can, that's why we don't need to fall in the trap of trying to work for one another. Work for Him. We can abound. Abound in the work of the Lord. All right, I know what some of you are thinking. I can tell by the way you're looking at me. Well, in my circumstances, with my health, and things that are going on, I can't do, and you're naming off in your mind, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. Nobody will let me sing. I can't go out and do what others do in this area, or this area, or this area. I can't do the work. Or all I can do is, I'm just an usher. That's all I can do. Well, if that's what God wants you to do, what's wrong with that? Do you realize, and, and I don't know if many preachers that, and I can't, I don't even know if, I can't even say make that statement because I don't know what other preachers will do, and I'm losing track more and more these days. But, yeah, you know, it's, if, if, I believe it's God's will for me to be the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. But if it's God's will for you to be the usher at Emmanuel Baptist Church, your calling is a high calling, just like my calling is a high calling. And if I fulfill the will of God for my life, I'm going to get a reward in heaven. And if you fulfill the calling of God in your life, you'll get a reward in heaven. Too many Christians are like, well, I'm just this, and so it's not that important. So, No, if it's done in Him, for Him, how is it not important? But I can't do what other people can do. Let me help. And part of the problem we have a lot, a lot of times as Christians is 
we decide what the work of the Lord is. We decide how we should be serving Him. We decide in our mind, or we think we decide, how our life is to bring glory to Him. But friend, He's the one who decides. Do you realize prayer is the work of the Lord? Lord, Lord, Lord bless, blesses us week in and week out. You know, there's a lot of people that pray to that end. If you don't think prayers work, you hadn't done it. Just the reality. But that's the work of the Lord. God, the Holy Spirit of God, and I, and I praise God, and I thank God. I believe there was there were seventeen people saved last Saturday morning, and a lot of a lot of prospects. There's visitors in the service, as there's been every service since since we've been over here. I thank God for those that go out. We have to do that. We need to do that. But do you realize that if we go without the Spirit of the Lord, our labor is in vain? And those that pray. For, for those that go out and those that pray for the Spirit of God to be evident. Those that, spray, that pray for the Spirit of God uh, to, to move in, in a church service without the Spirit of God, all of our labor is in vain. So the point I'm making is, however you have an opportunity to do a work for the Lord, do it. There's, there's been work nights. Many of them. That's the work of the Lord. So I couldn't do this, but if you can help in some other capacity, you can abound in the work of the Lord. There is enough grace for you and I to abound in His work. I love the last part of that verse, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What you do for Him now, it's not in vain. The grace of God is enough that you and I can abound. Sometimes we may even ask the question, is what I'm doing for God, is it even making a difference? Well, if it pleases Him, that's really all that matters. The results are up to Him. We're just supposed to make ourselves available. We're just supposed to try and do the work that He has for us to do. But being a witness, prayer, I'm mentioning some things that aren't visible. There's lots of areas that we can serve in that are visible. Do you realize encouraging another brother or sister in Christ is the work of the Lord? I believe some people, and maybe we don't mention it enough, some people are called to the ministry of encouragement. Now, I think some Baptists think they're called to the ministry of discouragement. But do you realize, and that's why we have the, uh, the Preacher's Delight Conference coming up. We, we, we encourage one preacher. We keep one preacher in the fight. That's not a little thing. You don't know a little note of encouragement. You don't know the battle that somebody's going through. And it could be the very thing that God uses to keep somebody's mom from quitting, to keep somebody's dad from giving up under the burden they carry, to keep a young man, a young lady 
from, from, from giving up their future. There's a, that's the work of the Lord. Encouragement to edify. There's enough grace for you and I to abound in the work of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. I'll begin reading with verse number 3, 2 Corinthians 1. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Oh, I like that. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. That's a powerful verse, but it's not the point I want to make tonight. Verse 5, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. Abundant suffering brings abundant consolation. For the sufferings of Christ abound in us. At some point I'm going to teach, teach on a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Christ suffered for you and I. How, one way we identify with Christ is suffering in Christ. I, I believe with my whole heart. I believe God allows sickness. I believe God allows disease because He's doing a greater work in the child of a God, child of God. But I remind you that God's grace is enough. It's sufficient. It's enough. So many times, this is part of the Christian life that we will push back on. And, and understandably so. For, the, as, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, this is part of the Christian life that we don't want to abound but sometimes like, Pastor, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing? Well, you may not be doing anything wrong. Christ just might be doing a work in you. And they abound in us. That's an identification with Him. So that God might get honor. God might get glory. So that the grace of God is evident. There's some in the room tonight that you would testify, I wouldn't get through the day if it wasn't for the grace of God. That's not a bad testimony. Sometimes it's a difficult one, but it's not a bad testimony. Truth of the matter is, if we're honest, if we look at it the way we should look at it, we all get through the day by the grace of God. But sometimes God allows things to come into a life of, of, of a Christian to remind us that we have to live by the grace of God as the sufferings of Christ abound in us. And Christian, just let me say, don't get bitter at that. Don't get angry at that. Christ suffered for you in greater ways than we can imagine. And if He gets honor and glory, His grace can abound to us so that we can still by His grace Make it through our times and seasons of suffering. Here's the point that I want to make with this. For as the suffering of Christ bound in us, 
a lot of times we as a Christian, we look at that comma after us and we put a period there. Oh, the sufferings. I'm suffering for the Lord and I'm willing to do it and and the grace of God is going to get me through. But there's not a period after that. There's a comma. So our consolation also, there's our word, aboundeth. Don't forget, when suffering abounds, consolation abounds as well. God does not allow us to go through more suffering than He gives us consolation. See, God wants us to to, to honor Him by His grace. He wants to show us that by His grace, we can get through difficult circumstances. We can pick up our cross and carry it daily. We can deal with the the, the disease and the sickness that is in our our body. But let's be honest tonight. Let's not put a period at the end of abounding in suffering, abounding in suffering, because when there's a suffering that abounds, according to the word of God, so our consolation also aboundeth. The reason why, if, if you have sufferings that are abounding in your life right now, you have a promise of God that He, by Christ, and now what your Bible says? Aboundeth by Christ, He Himself will console you. I read this illustration today that when the master is pruning a tree, his hand is closer to the branch. than when he's not pruning it. Oftentimes, we look at the difficulty that God allows to enter into our life and we fail to see, well, there may be abundant suffering. Let's, we, we have to deal with that. But there's abundant consolation. There's no comfort like the comfort that God gives. But oftentimes we can't testify of that until we've been in that situation. Many of you could, with, you, you may not say it with a child, but you may say it with another loved one. I can tell you, I can't describe the heartbreak of burying a child. But if I'm going to be fair and honest tonight, I can't describe the comfort that God gives in that situation. And I have found myself, by His grace, talking more about the consolation than I do the suffering. We fail to see that our God is an abund- a God that wants us to abound. He wants us to, we get to know God in a greater way because of His abundant consolation. I'll, I'll close with this illustration. I, I won't, I won't, I'll skip over the last one. There are two women going to, the, to a soup kitchen where it had been advertised that if you bring a container, you can fill, fill it up and take it home. Both of these ladies were very, very poor. And so one lady looked around her house and got a, an average size container and 
She left to go down to the soup kitchen. Another lady looked around her house and found the largest container she could find, a large bucket-sized container. Their paths intersected on the way down to the soup kitchen. The one lady with the normal size container said to the one with the large bucket-sized container, you don't expect expect for them to fill that for you, do you? And her response was, I mean to try. When they left the soup kitchen, both of them had their containers filled. Because the promise of the soup kitchen was to fill the container, but didn't put a specification on how big the container could be. So one just grabbed what would be typical of what you could fill soup with from a soup kitchen. The other said, I'm going to find the biggest container that I can carry. And when they both left the soup kitchen, both of their containers were full. The one with the smaller container said to the one with the large bucket-sized container, if I had known, I would have brought a large one too. But now I've got to live with the fact that I only brought a small container to be filled. I wonder how many Christians live their life. And God says, I want you to live abundantly. I've got more grace, more grace than anybody could ever use. It'll never run out. It'll never run low. Too many Christians just rummage around their kitchen and find the closest thing and said, okay, I want to live this abundant. Fill this for me, God. When God has promised us more than one time in His Scripture, He wants us to live beyond what we can even imagine living. He wants us to have joy that we don't ever think we could have. He wants us to have peace that we don't ever think we could have. He wants us to abound in the work of the Lord that He never thought we'd be able to do. But it's how much do you want to be filled? How much are you willing to abound? His grace is sufficient. He's not a respecter of persons. He wants you to live abundantly. We can live abundantly by the grace of God. Much more. Oh, what two wonderful words in Scripture. Much more abundant. Let's live the abundant Christian life. Father, help us.